What's good, super friends? It's your Tio Pepe from the mean streets of Sunland Park. We've had a few people ask how they could support us and when we're going to set up a Patreon. We've heard all two of you and decided to set one up. Subscriptions suck. Everyone's got subscription fatigue, so we're making ours like I like my women. Sweet, easy, and cheap. It's only $2. That's less than a pack of cigarettes or a coffee at Starbucks. For $2, you'll get our episodes a week early and we'll send you stickers a few times a year. In fact, our first one's already done and it looks super tight. Eventually, we'll add more perks. Link is in the show notes or check us out on patreon.com slash technically a conversation. Thanksgiving is coming around and we're diving into the woman who made this national holiday possible after trying for three decades. She was a big advocate for women's education. We get into her life story, good and bad. November is also American Indian Heritage Month. So we'll also learn how Thanksgiving customs go back to not just natives in America, but in East Asia. All the details next on Technically a Conversation. Greetings, super friends. Welcome to another episode of Technically a Conversation. Here, we'd like to share an interesting topic or story with each other, which we've recently learned and hope you find it interesting too. I'm one half of your hosts today, Isela. Joining me as always is the tech support, Jose. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. I, I would imagine you're doing a little bit better because you can take a, a load off of the tech support for now. For now, yes. For now. <laughs> Our internet works, so we're not having to figure out ways of of working around that. So that's always fun. Yeah, don't jinx yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> How's everything going with you? All is going lovely. I woke up super early today because today is Red Cup Day, and who doesn't want a thirty second uh, cup, <laughs> reusable cup? I have so many, <laughs> but it's more like the tradition now. So. We were there at 6 a.m. bright and early. Is that like two girls, one cup or? I'm not thinking it's going to be the same as that. But my daughter and I <laughs> went to Starbucks and we got a free reusable cup. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they're really cute this time. They look like little Christmas ornaments and stuff like that. My daughter and I were thinking like, I don't think they've ever done like a menorah thing. They should kind of be a little more inclusive. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe next time, next year. Yeah, and that has nothing to do with two girls, one cup. If you don't know what it is, I suggest that you do not Google it. Don't Google it. That's nasty. Just trust <laughs> us. Wakala. Going to sum it up in one word. <laughs> Although technically you were two girls and one cup at Starbucks. I know. That's why I was like, surprisingly. <laughs> but it was more like two girls, two cups, and none of that nasty shit. That's really oh, okay. <laughs> what it calls. <laughs> and what about you? Has everything with you? Good. Um, excited that this new podcast is going to be coming out. I guess if you're hearing it today, it came out last week, uh, if you're hearing it on the 27th. So it came out on, we're recording on November 16th. So this will be coming out on November 27th, which is unusual because we normally record a month in advance, but I needed some time off and I was like, Isela, can we skip two weeks? So that, that way I can recoup a little bit and 
instead of taking the time off, I decided to launch another podcast. So Right. I was very confused <laughs> by that. I was like, wait, I thought <laughs> you needed to relax, not give yourself more work. But hey, you know, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. <laughs> no, it's going to be so cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. It should be out already. It's called Scary Bedtime Stories. And uh, you can check it out at scarybedtimestories.com. It's a totally different podcast. It's a sleep podcast. So I'm going to attempt to put you to sleep by reading scary bedtime stories to you. Yes, this time by intention. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's super cool. I'm very excited about it. Thanks. Hopefully you enjoy it. I've been told that my voice is very monotonous. So I thought that maybe I should put that to good use and put some people to sleep. (laughs) Aside from my ex-girlfriends that... uh... (laughs) If your ex-girlfriends told you, then I guess I can see why they were trying to be mean. But hopefully it wasn't anybody else telling you that. (laughs) No, they're the ones that I would put to sleep with my voice. Mm, I hear you there. Yeah. I feel like when I'm talking about usually particular subjects, like, like if I'm talking to like Isa about black holes or something. It's like she's asleep, but she's also awake at the same time. (laughs) She's just looking at me blankly. (laughs) So I know what you're talking about, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, the car's on, but there's no one behind the wheel. Right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But Thanksgiving is around the corner. Uh, What do you guys normally do at the family? Uh, Normally, we get together on Thanksgiving Day at my dad's house. Normally, I go over kind of early to help him out with the stuffing and who needs help with anything. And then on Black Friday, we usually go to my sister's because she does Thanksgiving there for her family and for her husband's family. Oh. So we normally go on Friday for the recalentada and have some uh, some turkey tortas. Oh, that's really nice. Okay. What about you? I'll usually do my parents' house and my mom likes when I bring over the green bean casserole and I'll usually do another side. So it's stuff like, uh, like a, like a, mac and cheese and then I'll get a little crazy with the pankos and then I'll kind of like throw it in the oven again and stuff like that or or I'll do some desserts this year oh my god I saw this brie recipe inside a bread bowl and then they dump all these cranberries on top it looked really freaking good brie like brie larson or whatever (laughs) yes I like to put a person inside my bread bowl (laughs) It's all Carl Tanzler. Um, I it's uh it's brie. It's that little cheese that comes in like a little round wheel. You've never seen brie? Uh, maybe I have, but um, is it like the Menonita cheese? No, not really. It's drier than the than that one. I'll have to I'll have to make it for you because it's so freaking. It looks good. I tried a different version and it was so good. Cool. I'll look forward to it. Yeah, 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 for sure. So deep question because you have said before on here that. You're an atheist that you don't believe in that, you know, traditional deity of God. So are you more like the indigenous where, and many others, right? Where they believe in like, still there's some kind of higher power that we don't know. I would say that I'm more like Esqueleto, where I believe in science. Who's that? From Nacho Libre. (laughs) (laughs) That little skinny guy, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) Okay, I understand that. Yeah, so I'm not spiritual or anything. I'm, I believe in science, to quote Esqueleto. Okay, yes, I <laughs> I love that movie. I need to watch it again because it's been like three years since I've seen it. All right, good, good tangential questions. I'm just a curious person. You already know this. 
That's okay. For the most part, I'm an open book. I think there's only been like once or twice where I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm, I can answer that on this podcast. The statue of limitations has not uh, <laughs> passed yet. So, right. <laughs> right. Uh, my attorney would say not to answer this question. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. No, I, I am very curious and I always find myself asking like questions, not just like that, but even just questions like, who invented this? And that is exactly what I was thinking when I was thinking about Thanksgiving. Like, who invented the national holiday? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, speaking of giving thanks, who would we have to be thankful for <laughs> on this day of rest? You know? That's a good question. I know that Jefferson was the only president that didn't observe it or something. Oh, was it? Wow. Yeah, I actually learned that because um, at work, our boss likes to ask us, I guess, like trivia questions. And that was one of the, the questions that came up. But Jefferson, I think, is the only president not to formally observe it. Well, today we're going to answer that age-old question of who invented Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, as a, as a national holiday, of course. Because one of our super friends, Jessica, mentioned that she is of Native background. And I also wanted to take a bit... Uh, of time to talk about the Native Harvest Festivals, because these are the first celebrations that gave thanks for food here in modern day America. How's that sound? Sounds interesting. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a sarcastic way, like when you say that's something that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't enjoy a day off from work? I think I'm safe to say not nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. So hopefully everyone enjoys this one. For the first part, um, it's taken from three different articles. I read them, so you don't have to. I'm just kidding. But if you want to, the links are in the show notes as per usual. So her name is Sarah Josepha Hale, H-A-L-E, is the person who we have to thank for the national holiday. First of all, it's a woman. What? I'm already like, I can already hear the Beyonce song. Who run the world, girls? Right. <laughs> but we're, especially back then, we were definitely not running shit back then. <laughs> but we are going to go way back for this one. Born Sarah Josepha Buell on October 24th, 1788 in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. <laughs> right. From a young age, she was really eager to learn. Just like us, Jose. Very curious. <laughs> just like us. She was very smart, almost like us. <laughs> uh, her mom was actually the first one to teach her about history and literature, which is kind of cool. And then her, her teacher really became her older brother because he got to attend college. And not just any college, he was going to Dartmouth. What? Very cool. So he started teaching her everything as he was learning it. So that's not, that's not a bad thing, like a secondhand Ivy League degree, right, from your brother. No, I'm surprised that Dartmouth was around back then. Yeah. What year did you say it was? 17 what? She was born 1788. Oh, 1788. Okay. See, as a young adult, women were still not allowed to be teachers, which is kind of the first roles that we were able to, to be in. And I say we as in women. Smart and rebellious Sarah did not give a shit. And she founded her own private school for women <laughs> when she was 18 years old. Dude, I'm holding for applause for rebellious young women spreading knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> she taught there until she met her husband, David Hale. He became her champion to write short stories and newspaper articles. She remained a huge advocate for women's education. In fact, 
she helped create Vassar College in Poughkeepsie, New York. And it was only the second institution that granted women degrees. So that's pretty awesome. Out of the blue, her husband, David, dies. Very sad. After 10 years of marriage, that's it. They only had 10 years together. This left Sarah to care for five kids all by herself, which really means she had to get cracking on the writing. (laughs) Sarah published her first book of poems. This included Mary Had a Little Lamb. This is the same person. Oh, wow. Yeah. She also wrote a very successful novel, which had an anti-slavery theme. Remember, this is really risky because back then, you know, that was not a widely received theme, but it was the the novel actually did really well. Her work caught the attention at Ladies Magazine, and she went to work for them as the first woman editor in a magazine. She's just breaking all kinds of man-made barriers, figuratively speaking. (laughs) (laughs) This is where I want to cue that song. Let's hear it for the girls. But I know it doesn't go like that. (laughs) (laughs) As a first woman editor, she wrote hundreds of letters to governors, ministers, every U.S. president uh, while they were in office with one request. We take the last Thursday of November to, quote unquote, offer to God our tribute of joy and gratitude for the blessings of the year, unquote. She knew the natives had harvest festivals for centuries, but we did not, as people, you know, uh, citizens, I guess I'll say, uh, we did not have an official Thanksgiving holiday. So, you know, it was like, hey, they have one. Why don't, why can't we have one type of thing? In 1861 and 1862, the country was in the midst of the Civil War. So the Southern Confederate President Davis, he proclaimed it a national holiday, but not like a forevermore type of thing. He was just kind of like declaring it for the year, which kind of sucks. He's like, this year, yes, it is. (laughs) We'll see about next year. (laughs) Later, also in 1862, and then again, 1863, President Lincoln declared it a national holiday, but this time forever. And that's, that's where it began, like 1863 and beyond. And it only took her 30 years <laughs> to finally make her <laughs> dream come true. <laughs> well, she was nothing if not determined. Right. That's pretty cool. I mean, if anything, it's very like chase your dreams. If you really believe it, you never know, you know, 30 plus years might elapse and you might finally see it come true. (laughs) So during the Civil War, they were just celebrating it, I guess, just to boost the soldiers' morale or? Yes, exactly. Thankfully, she was able to see many Thanksgiving holidays as she lived to the age of 90. Oh, boy. That's a lot for back then. (laughs) Yeah, I think living past 40 back then was a lot. Right. (laughs) I know, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. It's important to point out that although... She did great things for women and women's education. This next part will complicate things a bit. She did not believe in a women's right to vote. Like uh, Olivia Olivia Rodriguez's song, It's One Step Forward and Three Steps Back. (laughs) Well, that kind of sucks a little bit. (laughs) Or Paula Abdul, where it's one step forward and two steps back. Two steps back, opposite the track, yes. That might be uh, a little more relatable to our (laughs) demographic. (laughs) But with that said, how do you feel about Sarah and her life? Any mixed emotions or like still overall good? What do you feel? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me how I felt about Paula Abdul. Who gives a fuck about that girl? I'm just kidding. No. Oh, I love Paula Abdul. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask you about Paula Abdul 
when I do one about Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> Noble, her determination definitely is very inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I like that, you know, she wanted to make that a holiday and she stuck to it for 30 years until it was finally a thing. Yeah, that's very, that is very admirable. I would agree. I just find it very interesting how she's an advocate for education. And then what we do with that information, we can't vote on it like that. It seems contradictory to me. You know what I mean? That is strange that she wouldn't want that. Yeah. But anyway, I guess nobody's perfect, right? (laughs) But I I did want to throw in the good and the bad just because, you know, this is going to be a complicated thing. But I guess we still have her to thank for the national holiday in general. Yep. And getting that day off from work. Yeah, dude. Sweet. Thanks. And paid. What? (laughs) (laughs) So that front half was about who made the national holiday itself. Quick bonus fun fact is the first Thanksgiving in 1621 with natives and pilgrims most likely had duck and geese. But turkey wasn't a staple until about 1857. Kind of interesting. Yeah. So I would say let's go ahead and go to a commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about something related but different at the same time. (laughs) How do you think the world will end? Alien invasion? Nuclear disaster? Another, more deadly pandemic? I'm Jackie Moranti, and I'm the host of Cause of Death, 100 Seconds to Midnight. I talk about the things that could obliterate mankind. I call it pre-apocalyptic nonfiction. The doomsday clock was set at 100 seconds to midnight from January of 2020 to January of 2023. Now, it's set at 90 seconds to midnight, the closest it's ever been. From nuclear disaster to environmental threats to food and water crises, find out how mankind is destroying itself one second at a time. Cause of Death, 100 Seconds to Midnight can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you interested in learning more about history? How about literature? And what of folk literature? If you said yes, then... Welcome in the Great Khan's Tent. History, Literature, and Storytelling. In the Great Khan's Tent, hosted by Saf Beg, is a bi-weekly comprehensive episodic narrative podcast focusing on the history, literature, and folk literature from the regions of the Middle East, South Asia, Central Asia, North Africa, Mongolia, and the Russian Far East. We have a number of ongoing series. In our primary series, I will be narrating the Thousand and One Nights, or commonly referred to as the Arabian Nights. Interspersed within this series will be our focus on the history of the regions I mentioned, interviews, and discussions on many facets that I am sure our listeners would enjoy. So come on in and listen. You can find us on all podcast streaming platforms on our website in thegreatkhanstent.podbean.com or on our YouTube channel in The Great Khan's Tent. I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to our podcast. We hope to see you there. And we're back. We're back. 
All right. Well, this is just in time for me to throw it over to you for the first clip. And the only reason we're going to start off with a clip is because November's uh, Indian and uh, Native Heritage Month. So basically, one of the things I wanted to talk about was some of these original celebrations, which came from, uh, well, that were celebrated here in modern day America, which you know, we're actually taking place from uh, the natives and all the tribes and stuff like that. So I wanted to to dig a little bit and talk about three of the very cool celebrations that they had. But here as Americans, I have to agree with the comedian uh, Ronnie Chang. We seem to dislike everything. And here's his little clip so that you can, you tell me how you feel about this, <laughs> if you agree or not. All right. America is the MBA. You guys know that? You guys live in the MBA. Like the Chinese name for America is Meiguo. That directly translates into English as beautiful country. That's the Chinese name for America, beautiful country. Have you been to a beautiful country? They have unlimited napkins in a beautiful country. <laughs> they don't give a f they don't even use it. They just take it and then just throw it away. China in Chinese is Zhongguo. That means middle country. It means nothing. We named this place better than we named our own <laughs> It's a beautiful country, let's go. And then you finally come here and everybody hates everything. Verizon sucks. Statues suck. Standing sucks. Kneeling sucks. Congress sucks. Elon Musk sucks. Netflix. Hmm. <laughs> Obviously, he stopped there because it was his special on Netflix. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was right about Congress. And Elon, so. There you go. Okay. So two out of a bunch of other things. <laughs> Standing sucks too. Yeah. You were also talking about, I think he mentioned Verizon, but you guys were talking about how T-Mobile sucks. So I understand that. It sucks as a home internet provider. That's right. You did say that. At least just internet. Right. Yeah. For my mobile, I usually have no problems. Oh, good. Okay. See, it half sucks. So far, that's a, that's an upgrade then. <laughs> <laughs> he makes his point so wonderfully. I'm really all over, like just over the negativity, to be perfectly honest. In general, we're rarely grateful, except maybe once a year during Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Indigenous people in the Western Hemisphere have a monthly Thanksgiving festival with every full moon. According to an article on allocation, they give thanks for different activities. For example, in Alaska, there's a festival for which the thankfulness is for fishing by the, hopefully I'm saying this right, Lingit tribe. <laughs> it's T-L-I-G-I-T tribe. Sorry if I messed that up. People. The article author I read is related to the Mohawk tribe in the U.S. And they explained that thanks is given to every animal whose life was taken in order to eat that for that particular meal or for clothes, whatever it is that you're, they're using. Further, they give thanks to the Great Spirit for their crops from seeding to harvest. Dude, that's like a lot of thanks that we definitely <laughs> don't give. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I know your parents raised you Catholic. Does your mom still say grace before meals or Thanksgiving at least? Uh, the only time we would ever say grace was when my grandma still lived. Mm. Whenever we would go over on Sundays, she would say grace before we would start eating. But our family has never said grace. Oh, okay. Yeah, my mom still does. In fact, 
I drove my parents and some other other family members for uh, a birthday celebration to Olive Garden, and my mom had us all hold hands while she said a prayer over our food. It was really cute. She still does it. <laughs> it's cute. It's adorable. Yeah. With the exception of us going to Catholic schools, you would never have guessed that we were raised Catholics because, um, well, with the exception of like, like a short period of time when my dad started cheating on my mom, uh, that was really the only time that we went to church on Sundays or Saturday nights. I think my dad would do that to seek repentance or something or mm-hmm. or whatever to repent. Yeah. But prior to that, we never went to church. My dad always said he, he was studying to be like a priest or something when he was a little kid. That was not by his choice. But he said that when he was at the monastery or whatever, he said he already went to church enough times for his whole life. Oh, wow. He's like, I went enough. I don't need to go again. <laughs> Uh, my mom mentions God a lot, but I think just in vain. Oh, no. She's like, oh, God, it's you again. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know that I've, I ever really knew the concept of God before starting school. Mm, interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, I think we did have a, a different upbringing in that aspect. Like we went every Sunday, but my mom was in the choir. You know, she was playing her guitar. Oh, so it was really cute. Yeah, shredding. Shredding. <laughs> Shredding for Jesus. That's good. That's her band name. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, your mom is an excellent singer and guitar player, by the way. Thank you for saying that. I'm going to pass that on and she's going to, that's going to give her a pep in her step for sure. <laughs> well, I did tell her during your daughter's birthday, but um, I think she might have assumed that we were just drunk or something. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we were. <laughs> just kidding. Well, we were. <laughs> As you do in most kids' birthdays, the adults are usually drinking. Of course, yeah. This is the way at least Mexican parties go down. (laughs) Anyway, indigenous celebrate their gratitude for crops then a few months later, and then also for uh, surviving winter during one festival, and it's called Feast Days. This celebration is thousands of years old. Can you believe this? We are talking 12 thousand to forty eight thousand years old or more in America. Oh, that's longer than I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was I don't I hate I really don't like when people are like, I was shook. They're it's so like, I don't know, overused. But I will have to say that was the first time I actually felt like really shook. I was like, forty eight thousand years, this is insane. (laughs) So the reason why This is when a large amount of indigenous groups migrated into the Western Hemisphere to settle in North America. And here's this wacky listen-up moment. Native American nations, meaning the ones in Canada, U.S., Mexico, Central America, and South America, are all related to the circumpolar peoples around the world, according to the Smithsonian National Geographic Genomic and Migration Project. They're all related. Oh, wow. Isn't that pretty freaking insane? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I, I, I was blown away. I thought it was really awesome. Uh, so what are the similarities with these Asian customs and giving thanks, you ask? Excellent query. That was going to be my next question, actually. Yeah, I read it. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> China celebrates the Harvest Moon Festival between mid-September and mid-October. This uh, September-October period is also when many Native tribes celebrate a harvest festival of Thanksgiving. Both cultures have an abundance of veggies and fruits and grains, little cakes, all things 
which would be kept to be eaten during winter. So same exact types of celebrations, two different places, because they're originating from the same place. It's so crazy. The Chinese Harvest Festival of Thanksgiving began as a moon worship in the Xia and Shang Dynasty back to 2000 BC. So now we need deep in it, folks. Like we are in history. <laughs> <laughs> now knowing that, Jose, how does that make you feel that our Thanksgiving celebrations have connections to as far back as Asian traditions? Well, that's something that I, I guess I had never really thought about. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty remarkable that they go that far back. Yeah. I have a picture. I'm not sure if you'll want to share it because I took a snippet of this webinar that I was watching and it shows the migration pattern from, well, really from Africa to Asia, all the way to the Western part of America. It's insane. Well, all the way to the Western part of the hemisphere into America and then how it went all the way down. So I don't know if you can blow it up or something, but it, it's pretty amazing. I'll, I'll have to show you afterwards. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, if I can, I'll, I'll include it in our socials. Okay, cool. So here are three major North American Thanksgivings every fall before Europeans came to North America. A festival for the green corn moon. Uh, the article I read has a link to a Mayan tribal dance. There's a really short video in case anyone's interested. This festival is for Thanksgiving and for forgiveness, and it lasts three days. Come on, Mayans, now I'm convinced this is why us Mexicans have weddings that last for three days, right? <laughs> yeah, you have the wedding and then you have the tornaboda and then the recalentada and all that fun stuff. Yeah, this is just how our people celebrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is after all the first full moon in August, although it can be possibly in September sometimes. It's when the corn is at a particular height where the young corn is ready for its first harvest. The Iroquois Creek Cherokee, Seminole, and Yuki. I hope it's pronounced Yuki. Uh, apologize if it's not. These are all uh, some of the tribes that do celebrate that. During this holiday, this is their first fasting, which that doesn't sound fun. I want to I want to jump straight into eating, if I could just be honest. <laughs> but I'm going to respect it, of course. Uh, but during this holiday, there's uh, fasting first, then there's cleansing, then there's praying, a sacred fire is built that is not to be extinguished until all three days of feasting. So they kind of go through this really like cleanse your body and then they kind of like take part in the eating and the feasting. And of course, it's in the name. So roasted corn is eaten, cornbread, corn soup, uh, game from hunters, fruits, veggies. Uh, and of course, it would not be a celebration without singing, dancing, and most definitely a drum circle. That sounds pretty lit, though. I'm going to be honest. That sounds pretty freaking cool. It does sound a lot more fun than, the, I guess, the way that we celebrate Thanksgiving now. Right. Yeah. You almost kind of have to work for it. There's thanks. There's praying. There's all this stuff being given. And then they're like, all right, let's do this. I Also, I that drum circle, I really want to see when that sounds really... that. I mean, as a percussionist, right? <laughs> I really want to see one. That sounds fun. And then also keeping that fire alive or whatever. Right. It's very Olympics- yeah, I would want to be in charge of that. You know, just feeding logs to it, standing around, drinking my beer and smoking cigarettes. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, although maybe this is when peyote smoked. I don't even know. Who knows? Fuck it, I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> when in Rome, right? <laughs> the Harvest Moon Festival, which is the Thanksgiving in September, this is when there's like a full harvest that's gathered and it stems from giving thanks 
with every living thing that's around them and that has been sacrificed. Um, They're also thankful for food, for shelter, for clothing. Festivals include like a lot of dancing. There's even a dancing contest on this one, powwows, singing, and also in this Harvest Moon Festival, there's also a drumming circle, just like the Green Corn Moon. Again, super cool. I say there can never be enough drumming circles. I know. I really want to see what I'm so curious. <laughs> the last one we'll chat about is the Feast of the Hunter's Moon. Depending on where you are in America, it is celebrated in either September or October. For all one of you listeners that are probably in Indiana, <laughs> uh, you celebrate this at the end of September. Prior to the 1500s, natives in the Midwest and Northeastern uh, part of the U.S., they celebrated either alone or in a hunting band. But later they drifted away from this because when the Europeans came, they began to overhunt. Thanks, colonization. <laughs> That's why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, this is a major feast that is not widely celebrated as much as the other two because hunting is no longer really a large part of life. For many natives. So how do you feel about the extent of their thankfulness now that you know it's, you know, thankfulness for harvesting, for seeding, uh, for fishing, stuff like that? I like it. I wish we would do more celebrating. I think so too. It seems just like the what that comedian was saying that we do a lot of fighting. Nobody agrees on shit. But I think if we did a lot more celebrating and being thankful for what we have, you know, some of those negative feelings might start to dissipate a little bit. I wholeheartedly agree. I think it would be a little bit of a different vibe in America if we took time to kind of just be thankful for the things that we do have as opposed to like finding the shit that's wrong. I think that's just the way we're now programmed. Because if you find like, oh, when was the last time you went to this? You're like, oh, I had a bad experience as opposed to trying to find, <laughs> you know, the good parts of it or whatever. But yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. At least we can agree on one thing. Yeah, just the one. <laughs> I was surprised to know that our own traditions of, you know, celebration had roots to Asia. I think it's beautiful to see how connected we really all are. Like this whole stupid thing of like, go back to where you came from and all this bunch of crap. Like we're all connected. Like, I don't even know what the hell that fool's talking about. You know what I mean? Greg Abbott. Trump? Yeah, that one too. Yes. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the Trump, the, the Trumps of the world, the Abbots for sure, same, all those. Anyone who's uttered those words of go back to where you came from, basically. The Republican debate a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh my God, I know. That was a mess in itself. Anyway. <laughs> they were talking about it on the Daily Zeitgeist. And they said, it kind of seemed like a contest for who could be the worst human being in the world. <laughs> I know, and they all won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were all winning. <laughs> they all won and America lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I did have a bit of a complicated relationship with this holiday, considering all the awful historical missteps that we have taken in the past. Uh, so it's kind of like hard to celebrate stealing land type of thing. Um, but I, I will have to say that learning all of this stuff did make me feel a little bit better about how I view the holiday, knowing that natives and their tribes still celebrate every every month, every full moon. I think that's pretty cool. And and I think it's great that we kind of took a cue from natives got to do that. So like, hey, why don't why don't we do that too? 
So I felt a, a little bit better about that. And I like that take on it because I was always very anti-Thanksgiving uh, because of the reasons that you stated, you know. So I guess knowing that it's something that's been celebrated for thousands of years, it makes me appreciate it in a different way. Yeah, for sure. Like from Asia. How <laughs> that's so cool. That's super freaking cool. Also, I think it's important to shout out Canada. This is tangentially related, but they're known for being super polite. Here's another thing. Here's another reason why, and or another reason why you're going to see why they're so polite. <laughs> uh, in June 11th, 2008, doesn't seem that long ago, but I guess 2008 was a little bit ago, their Prime Minister Harper publicly apologized to their Indigenous people for the Indian residential schools and the horrible treatment for like forcing them into assimilation. I know they're just words. I know it's just a public apology, but I really have to say, I think that goes a long way. Uh, what do you, what do you think about that? Are there any plans for reparation? I don't know if I read anything else about reparation. Yeah. I think if there's no reparation, then I think it's just kind of meaningless. I think. Interesting. Yeah. I, I really admired it. I respected it. Uh, anytime there's a big government entity that still says, hey, we fucked up. I mean, obviously not like that, right? But where they say we fucked up. Even if it's a, a president of a CEO, just a person in general, I think it takes a lot for somebody to apologize and apologize publicly. Uh, I don't know. I I do wish America did the same thing, but <laughs> I probably have a better chance at winning the lottery than <laughs> than that happening. But anyway. I think when it comes to that, I think that that's like the bare minimum that the U.S. can do. But I'm more of a action, speak louder than words type of person. So I feel it's like, don't say it, show me. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think words have some, well, and maybe that's where you're, you're probably right. Like, it's one thing to say it and words do have some weight. But like you said, it really shows that you fully uh, repent or something like that if you're, you know, trying to make amends. That's how I feel personally. I feel like that about just about anything. Like, yeah, it's fine. Don't tell me. Like, I don't, I don't need to hear it. Show me. Yeah. No, but I, 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 in general, I think we do need to be at least a, a little more giving of thanks and more, you know, what is it? Grateful stuff like that. I don't know. I think it would, it would make people happier, even just kind of like saying for the little things, you know, the little things that still make your day and let me walk the walk in this case or talk the talk. We'll say, <laughs> I'm sorry that I actually don't say how much I appreciate everything you do for this podcast and our super friends. Your attention to detail is exemplary. So I do appreciate it. And thank you for that. I value you and your friendship. Thank you. I value you and your friendship as well. <laughs> thank you. Which is why when the idea to do this podcast first started, you were the first person. Well, we decided it together, you know, but like, you you would have always been the first person that I would have thought of. Aw, <laughs> I appreciate that. Aw, heartfelt moments. <laughs> <laughs> it should be noted, since we're talking about Thanksgiving, the Wampanoag people, I hope I said that right, that tribe does not celebrate the traditional New England type of Thanksgiving. For them, the holiday is a reminder of betrayal and bloodshed. Since 1970, many Native people have gathered at the statue of Massawat in Plymouth, Massachusetts, each Thanksgiving day to remember their ancestors and the strength of the Wampanoag. And this has been in modern day New England for 12,000 years. Wow. I know. Although we are celebrating, some other people are 
thinking of that day more like our people fought to the death type of thing. So another thing to keep in mind. Yeah, I think it's important. important. Jinx. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That concludes the learning part of our conversation, but we do have an email. Yeah. And rather than have me stumble through it, I thought that we would have AI read it to us. Very cool. This email is from our super friend, Eric. Hello, all. Really enjoying the podcasts. Thank you for all you do. So, about 25 years ago, I was really into the occult. I don't dabble as much and still find it interesting, but nothing like I used to. I collected Ouija boards and had some very early wooden models as well as modern ones and was known as the guy to go to when you wanted to speak to the dead. So I have many stories, but this one is by far the most unusual. A friend of a friend contacted me about contacting her best friend. I don't ask for too much information because I don't want to be accused of manipulating the board. So I only knew the name of the person we're trying to contact. So we sat down at my favorite board and I did my summoning technique which is basically moving the planchette in a circular clockwise motion, calling for the spirit to join us. I do this until the planchette stops, indicating that something has been contacted. I can't remember the person's name, but I called it aloud and asked, Are you here? And instead of going to the yes, it spelled out S-O. The young lady who wanted to talk with him immediately started tearing up. When they used to meet or talk on the phone, the first thing he would say is, So, what's up? So we had our guy. And immediately a certain smell of cologne filled the air. I don't wear cologne because I am allergic to artificial colors, dyes, and smells, but it was an obvious mint cologne. She continued to cry because she informed me it was his cologne. I had never had the smell of cologne appear in any of my sessions. It was so crazy. I don't remember what else happened during this session, but they did continue to talk for about 20 minutes. After the session, I learned that her best friend was crossing an unmarked railroad track as a train approached pushing his car two miles, and it was believed he was killed instantly. I know there is science which proclaims the reasons the planchette moves on the board, but there is no science for the smell of cologne when neither of us wore that brand. There is more out there than we realize. Thank you so much for your interest in my story. Keep up the great work. Take care. Eric. Wow, Eric. That is really, that's such a cool story. Yeah, I thought so. I guess he was inspired by the um, a Halloween special that we had. So uh, he had written to us that he had a few Ouija board stories. So I told him, you know, share one and, and we'll go ahead and read it on the on the episode. And yeah, it was definitely a, a great story. That was so weird. I, I think I would freak out if just out of nowhere a cologne starts <laughs> appearing or whatever. Not appearing, but just kind of comes out of the blue. That's wild. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Yeah. Also a heartfelt thank you to Sophia, our patron. We always appreciate new members. And if you'd like to know a little bit more about becoming a patron, where should they go? Patreon.com slash technically a conversation. Lovely. Well, congratulations, lovelies. You have done it again, folks. You have learned along with us. Now you can share our celebration of giving thanks can be tied back to Asian celebration traditions. We hope you've been entertained by our chat and invite you to join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on all the socials at greetingstac. Email us at greetingstac at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915 317 669. 
<laughs> if you have a story, a story to share, share with, with us about Thanksgiving or anything really. Or another Ouija story. That story was really good. <laughs> oh, that was a very cool story. Not that you have to be in competition. <laughs> no, but it doesn't hurt to try. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's duke it out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> According to an article on allocation, of course, the... Oh, my God. I just, I just let the dog... Hold on. Sorry. Okay. I'm just going to let her out then. Okay. Lord. You have this look on your face like... Pinche perra, vámonos a la verga. Vaya a mear en el infierno. <laughs> like, I just let you outside. I know you don't have a UTI. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was a little bit annoying. <laughs> I think because of all of our other issues, too. Hopefully the dog barking will be picked up. Because I think that that time that your your toilet was whining or that alarm was going off, <laughs> I don't think it was audible. It was not. You're right. 